Like if you if if you keep growing kale, I imagine your little buddy's going to keep eating it. Oh, freaking guy! Well, we now have sprayed the, all of our plants with neem oil. We got little bells that we got going. Just give him, just feed him, and make it a project. Just give him the love. I got, I bought a paintball gun yesterday, and and you can buy your stuff down at the farmers market. <laughs> well, I don't know. Carrie's <laughs> pissed, man. This guy, he's he's Where's a- the love. He's just he's just doing his thing. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high-performance results in your business. Hi there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here with my partner, as always, James Shramko. James, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm I'm uh, caffeinated. How about you, Ezra? I am battling a groundhog, a land beaver, a wee nusk, a whistle pig. Got a lot of names, a thickwood badger, it turns out. Um, this thing, I have spent, well, when I say I have spent, I mean Carrie has spent months, you know, prepping the garden and planting seeds and, and watering them and, t- you know, We've done – it's just been this intensive process of, of creating this flower and vegetable garden. And this groundhog is just eating everything. Came in, munch. We had not yet harvested the kale. We had like bushels of fresh, hot, you know, from the sun, mm, green kale. This guy just ate them all. And so I am in a war with this thing uh, and it is winning. It's terrible. Sounds like my battle with Bob. <laughs> yeah. if, I, if I have any nice flowers or put anything out, he comes and eats them. Yeah. Yesterday, I caught him eating the head of my Buddha that's sitting on my balconies. I've got, the, I've got this beautiful little stone Buddha who looks out over the Pacific Ocean, you know, taking care of the place here. And Bob comes and sits on his head and starts pecking. Oh, man. Like, how rude is that? It's terrible. That's terrible. You know, it's kind of funny though because like it it sort of reminds me that we are uh, responsible for the world around us in as much as like, you know, we didn't used to have hummingbirds and bees, but then we planted flowers and now there's hummingbirds and bees. We didn't used to have uh, turkeys showing up in our yard, but then we like created all these nice shady spots and now turkeys are coming. So like, you know, you do this stuff and you attract things. And now sometimes you attract things you don't want. Like in this case, you know, we've got this groundhog who just thinks our garden is delicious. It's like Whole Foods moved in next door for this thing. You know, what does it expect? And to be fair, I was feeding it apples through my fruit golf habit. <laughs> you've, tra- <laughs> you've trained it. And, you know, I used, to, I, know. I used to feed Bob a few years ago. And he'll just keep coming back. And if you don't feed him, he gets cross like a little child. Oh, my God. And he'll screech at you like, ah! Animals are, you know, they're just quite amazing. And we we do cohabitate, so we should expect some interaction. You know, the, the most remarkable thing I've seen of late was a picture this morning on my little news feed. And it's this guy on a wave just up the road here in Newcastle. He's on a wave and about 50 meters, about 30 feet, uh, no, probably 80 feet behind him is a 3.5 meter. That's a like a 11 or 12 foot great white shark breaching Whoa. out Whoa. in, you know, like flying through the air. Was it real? Yeah, he had no idea it was there. And we have to put the picture on the show notes, but it's it's just a reminder. Hey, they're they're there. These animals are around us all the time, whether we're conscious of it or not. 
You know, that brings up another thing I, I, I've been seeing on your Facebook feed that like there's a storm going on or something where you are. It's been like the, the, the storm of 50 years, the biggest king tides. The Did I see like a wave bigger than a building? Was that a thing or did I like making this up? No, it's just the camera angle. It, it, it was a good 20-something foot wave, wow. but that's on, a, that's on a normal beach break. You know where you and I surf, where it's like uh, waist high or sometimes chest high. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for, you know, just like calf high. Well, this, is like, this is like three people, four so people crazy. high, and that's just rolling into these, to the beaches at the moment. And you know what it's done, Ezra? It has decimated the coastline you know how i used to walk around to shelly beach yeah from from my place well the path is just gone it's like an oh my goodness like tectonic plate shifts there was a little uh toilet block it's disappeared and the boat sheds got the wall missing and the railings half of them are gone and down just up the road here in uh Coleroy, there's a lot of houses where the entire yard has just collapsed into the ocean like the pools are gone the, the the back of the house has disappeared. We've had three king tides in a row. Wow. Even the water comes up over the the street down the end of Manly here. Like it's been huge. It's very rare. Wow. Manly's going under, man. You got to be careful out there. Here's an interesting thing. I, I, I walk by, uh, you know, I grew up in Hawaii and I went to school, grade school, with some of the best surfers in the world, Raymond Reikley, um, Makua Rothman, Jamie O'Brien. I know like all these guys. And when I look at them, I don't see anything special physically, yet they can go out there. I mean, obviously they're athletes, they're phenomenal athletes, but like just visually, uh, you know, they don't look any different from the average Joe, uh, who's like, who's an athlete, but these guys can go out there in waves that are 40 feet, you know, and, and the, the average person would just get, I couldn't even can, I couldn't even stand on the beach for fear of being sucked out, you know, and like the foundation, the amount of time and energy that must have gone into the ability to handle that kind of energy that the ocean is kicking off is, is unbelievable that they can actually be out there in that madness and survive on a regular basis. Well, I saw a picture yesterday from Cape Fear of a a wave that has the equivalent of 25 Olympic pools worth of water landing on Richie Voss's head. And it's <laughs> somehow he survives with these guys. It's crazy. They they eat according to a special diet. They train. They learn breathing techniques. Do you know they they can hold their breath for four or five minutes underwater? That's like wow. And how wow. they teach them that is incredible. They put them in a pool and they make them they roll them around so they're not able to orientate themselves so they get used to being rumbled and and the fear but Ezra I haven't surfed for 4 days oh my god you must be on uh, uh withdrawals oh, cabin fever it's, it's yes <laughs> but it's too big for me we got to get you an electric skateboard or something and i know my limit because i know that my foundation hasn't built up enough to handle the size that that's been out there to a level where i feel you know, that I wouldn't be irresponsible if I'd gone out there. The, the waves. Well, I mean, I feel like you took me out on a day that I, we should, we should not have been out there, Frank. We shouldn't have, but see, the thing is that that was a classic case of incompetency. Like we didn't even know how much we didn't know. Yeah, I yeah. certainly didn't. I was so new to it. I had no awareness. It's, it's such a good metaphor for people going to business. They have no idea about how much they don't know. 
and they you know trip into it and stumble over it and and for me having four days out of the ocean watching other people catching the best waves they've ever had in their life it's frustrating but humbling and it's also motivating so i turn that frustration into motivation and i now know i've got to keep building up my core i've got to keep practicing holding my breath i have to keep training and I've got to keep paddling out when it's right on the cusp of my safety with another person and just developing that foundation so that it, it enables me to a whole new level. And that's what I've been working on. And you do have an adorable surfing helmet. When you put on, you kind of look like a jet pilot. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> I haven't, I've not worn it once yet. Um, <laughs> I'm only, no, I'm only wearing that. You got to get that. You got to wear that thing, man. You got to. <laughs> Uh, you need some goggles also. Let's just face it, right? We, I, I want to get like Shramco goggles. Anyone who's listening who's a big fan, send James Shramco a pair of goggles. You look like the biggest <laughs> kook with a helmet. I, I, firstly, I don't know why we're not all wearing helmets. I do know why. It's just because it looks uncool. But like skateboarding and snowboarding, I think we will be wearing them in the future. The, the second thing yeah. is that I've been saving it for when I surf over reef. I would definitely wear my helmet when I'm surfing over coral reef. Yeah, like don't let someone bring you out for your first time uh, over a reef without a helmet. I mean, who are these people? Who are these people, Ezra? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's our episode about? Okay, so this episode is about foundation, which is an underlying basis or principle for something. That's the, the, the actual definition of it. I didn't have my own definition for this one, but I do have a story that kind of brought this up. So foundation, what is it? How are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think I Get. So I had a vision, James. I had a, I had a, a vision for a, uh, a carport that was also a beautiful see-through glass structure that had a deck out into the forest. Now, well, Groundhog's going to love that luxury accommodation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I say I had a vision, I mean Carrie had a vision. But anyways, I wanted this thing too after she told me what it would be. And so we started on the process of, of creating this and – in order to have this sort of structure that, that could serve as a party space, that could serve as a, a garage for our vehicles, that could have a loft on top, we had to dig down. I've never you know, made a building ever before. This was like uh, creating a building from scratch on my land and we had to dig super far down and, and pour concrete and put these pillars into the ground and like sort of build this – foundation for, and it's sort of the classic metaphor for business, but it's so good when you experience it viscerally. We had to build this foundation for this experience that we wanted to have. And it, it had me sort of kind of take a look at everything in my life that I want or that I have has some sort of foundation that's required. Like you just talked about surfing, right? Like if you want to be able to go out there and do that, you've got to build this foundation to be able to support that desire that you have. And I just thought, it yeah, like it's good if you can swim, for example. Yeah, that would be a start. A lot of first time surfers are not good swimmers. So that, that's like a, firstly, that's a major limiting thing. The next foundation is to get used to being rumbled because you're definitely guaranteed to get rumbled. You will fall off. You will get tumble dried in, in the washing machine and and then you have to build your fitness like the, the next handicap is like you just can't even paddle around for more than 10 or 15 minutes till you're exhausted like utterly exhausted and then you got to work on your balance and then you got to work on your diet and then you got to work on your breathing and then you got to work on your your you know eye lines and then it's so much it's a very difficult sport actually and it really is and sort of something interesting happens where once it all starts coming together 
you start to be able to feel it. You start to be able to have sort of a second nature towards it. Like it's sort of things are happening on autopilot because they're so practiced. Well, once the foundation's in the ground and and you're built on top, now it's party time, isn't it? In the in the patio, you and the groundhog, disco, <laughs> lights, you know, food. It's all fresh kale. You know, that that you're not seeing the foundations, but they are there. And and what's interesting about this is I think that there are also things that erode your foundation. Like this groundhog is eating away dirt under my house and it is eroding the foundation of my house. I got to I got to get rid of this thing, right? So that that foundation kind of has to be maintained. I mean, it is there. It's not going to go away, but you can't also just sort of forget about it. You got to kind of keep it. Well, sometimes it it can go away. It, like a, occasionally, you know, mother nature will say, "You can't have that anymore." And it'll just upend the whole lot. And so uh, some of this depends on uh, where you put your foundations. Yes. You know, if you're going yes. to build on the beach, there's a pretty good chance it's going to wash away at some point in the future. And that doesn't mean don't build on the beach. It just means know that. Just be aware of it. Just a, an awareness. Like know what's going on around you. But I, I tell you, Ezra, this year, recently, I discovered something absolutely mind-blowing. And it's so in line with this topic. And I just want to share this created a big awareness for me an awareness of foundation because you know before business or you know life in general it starts with you right you accept like we are our foundation of our you know physical being and there's a few elements to that one is the software you know what's in our brain and part of that we can we can test for things like that with colby and any kind of profile and we get we get an idea of what software is installed in our brain and, you know, we have some belief systems. We've talked about that many, many times in previous episodes that, that are put there partly by the, you know, environment. Some of it's hardwired into, into our instinct. And that's where I pursued. What about our brain itself? What about the, the, the structure, our skeleton and our muscles and that? What if we understand more about our foundation? Now, we can do things like x-rays and MRIs and blood tests. That's like surface level stuff. What if we go the next step? So, what I did on the um, tip from Anita Chaperon and Andre Chaperon, I sent off my saliva to get the DNA sample and it came back with my DNA blueprint. I now know more about my hardware, about my physical body. How, uh, how accurate is that? It's, I, I'm not 100% sure, but it seems fairly scientific. It's like your DNA are building blocks, literally the foundation of your physical body. And so they kind of trace where you, you know, sort of like where you're from or? Everything. They tell you where you're from. So I know where I'm from. I know where my maternal line and my paternal line, because this DNA is like a code and it tells you what percentage Neanderthal you have, which is like the, the big, strong, you know, big brain, big bone. Yeah. Yeah. You're got to be like 95%. You know, your head's huge. No. <laughs> so I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Well, my head is actually bigger than yours. So I'm just kidding. Well, I actually do have a slightly larger hippocampus. Um, my brain function apparently is more geared to worrying. So I make, you know, I make less. It's probably why you have such good routine, you know, because you're like building for good concentration. Yeah. Less mistakes, more awareness. These things like in my DNA blueprint, these things come through. But it also tells you everything else, like if you might be allergic to peanuts or if you're likely to get arthritis or in my case, seven times more likely to be bald. Interesting. Less likely to get uh, sunburn. 
Interesting. Oh, I'm missing a bit on the top there, Ezra. How's that? You're not bald at this point, though. You know, if you're very tall, you'd notice it. <laughs> and then, then there's uh, – so it told me a lot of things that I already knew from having already done x-rays or MRIs or blood tests. Uh, and it told me stuff I didn't know, like one of my genes is missing the ability to process uh, folate or, or vitamin B12 properly. So I might want to have some substitute in my diet to help my red blood cells. And I thought it was Fascinating. I've got I've got fast twitch muscles for power instead of yeah. You certainly have those marathon long distance muscles. See that anyway. It just it just told me all the things to look out for, and it also says you know if you I process caffeine faster. I metabolize caffeine faster than than other people. You got to have two coffees a day, man. One's not enough. Less likely to have a cocaine addiction than other people. Well, that's good. That's good. In case you were you know, and it tells you if you take this medication or that medication that you know you. You might be affected positively or negative or whatever. It's, and so you use this information to your advantage, right? You go and you gather this. It's I just have an understanding of my foundation. Now I know what I'm built on. I know I know what I'm built on. You know what you'll respond to best. And I, and I think this comes down to something that I wanted to talk about, which is that at the core of everything is yourself, and it's your relationship to yourself. How you, how honest you are with yourself. How, how much you're willing to look at where you are in the world and what you've got to work with. And if you're not willing to confront your physicality, your health, your mental state, you know, your, the the assets that you possess and and where you're where you may be lacking, uh, you kind of got no shot, you know. Absolutely, and and then you know it translates through to. Your business, do you, you know? How have you designed the core foundation of your business? Is it sustainable? Will it allow you to produce an income and still be able to work around the tide charts? You know, I had a good question. One which was for you was what makes a good foundation for a business. But I want to step a sec, take a second back, and I think that you and I have an interesting sort of viewpoint that you've come to after twenty years in the game that I came to because of my upbringing on kind of the foundation for our life. And I'm going to share mine and I'd like you to share yours. Sort of my my obviously I am really really into business and wealth creation and e-commerce. I love this stuff. But the real thing that I'm after in this world, my the thing that is the number one thing that everything in my life is built on. My businesses are built around this is my relationship with Carrie. The reason I became an entrepreneur was because I didn't want to spend time away from her. I wanted to work from home so that we could hang out together. The, everything builds outward from that uh, from that for me. The, the relationships that I have with the people in my life, that intimacy, that connection is my core foundational principle that I want to foster and have everything come from. And, and I know that you've got something similar that isn't sort of like what we're sold in the media where go get money and, and make money and, and have things and like sort of this consumer foundation, this foundation, this desire to just have bobbles, for lack of a better word, is a common pursuit. And it's not really what I'm after. And I don't think it's what you're after either. Well, after your carport story, I'm not so convinced about that. Well, I definitely want – I definitely am – look, I'm an active consumer. I recently produced a new blog post of where I sort of do a breakdown of these – of like my consumption experiences. I buy something and then I talk about the experience of buying it and whatever. But, so I'm, I'm totally into consuming. I'm really just joshing with you. But I came from a completely different angle to you. I had a need to make money to provide for my you know, children. Yeah. That Really, the, the, the big shift points for me – there were two shift points. One was when I was a student and – my parents came across some difficult times 
and I just needed to get a job and I wasn't going very, very well with the studies. So it was a convenient excuse. So I had to go and get a job. That was when I was about 19, 18, yeah, 19 and, and full-time. I'd done part-time work, but I really had to go and get a job. That was the first one. The second one was when I was about to have a baby and I just had to go from a two-income family to three people on one income and I literally needed to double my income. So I got a job in selling and I didn't. I put my head down. I really didn't have a choice. So many times I wanted to quit. It was difficult, stressful, crazy and I just worked that all the way through you know, with four kids, supporting them and, and doing all the things you said, mortgage, car, you know, you'd never really have enough space or, or things. Yeah, and I don't want to downplay the responsibility that, that people have. It's extraordinarily expensive to live in Sydney. Absolutely. Even just as a family, with average home price, the tax rates we have, etc. Um, smaller market, it's just it's not as easy as I imagine it would be in a small US town where you've got a lower cost of living, a lot more people to sell to in in the country. So culturally, it's tough and very competitive. And it was then I made this shift was, well, I think I can have it all. I think I can have the things I want, but also free up my life to be back to... I want my life back, really. I just wanted to stop selling 70 hours of my life to someone else where I put my life on hold and underwent this enormous pressure, huge pressure. Literally, for me, it felt like that that 20-something Olympic pools landing on my head. I felt so crushed by the pressure that I wanted to escape it. And that's why I worked really hard on having my own business. And I can't imagine ever going back to the same sort of scenario where I put myself in a little suit trundle off to someone else's place, build their business all day and miss out on my life. I'm not doing that again. I'm not compromising on that. And, you know, look, I, I think we both, I, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I'm like, you know, this, I, obviously I'm extremely privileged. Uh, we are both extremely privileged, privileged. I was working 80 hours a week when I built my business at night. I'd come home from a, a 10 hour work day and I would spend three hours building my e-commerce business. So I think that you have to understand, listener, that it's not always you know, super simple and easy. Like it does take effort, you know? Well, basically you're not going to find, you're not going to find this, like the, the coasty cruisy part. Even if you've, even if you're flying down the, the freeway at 60 miles per hour on cruise control, there was some effort to get up to that speed. You, you're going to have to burn some fuel to accelerate and, and get the hang of this. I actually have a, a, a friend of a friend who is a trust fund person. Uh, so they, have always had money, you know, they've always had money, uh, at their fingertips. They've never had to have a job. They weren't scooping ice cream. Like I was scooping ice cream when I was 15 years old. They weren't hustling, selling jelly beans, you know, trying to make a dollar or whatever I was doing. Late night poker tournaments, you know? Yeah. And look, I'm not trying to, um, I don't think that my experience, were they jujitsu models? (laughs) That's pretty funny. (laughs) but look my point is not to downplay that experience i think it's great if you've got that kind of privilege i think that is a a a responsibility to use that for for for, uh your own benefit and the benefit of others in, in the world but but what happened with this particular person and i think this is common is since they never had to they never did and it ended up being a crippling experience because they became an adult and never had ever had to uh, ante up, invest, work, um, and 
then tried to launch a venture and that venture, even with a bunch of money behind it, sort of failed because that that practice of having to put in time and energy and effort towards a goal that had never been developed. And you don't have to develop that. Well, no foundation. They just didn't have enough foundation to carry the, the business. And I think that you can develop that outside of um, like business. For example, I think that children who um, – take up mastery of musical instruments. I think that's a great training because you're learning that that sort of art of 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 energetic and time investment towards towards a goal, you know? Well, you could call it steely reserve. You've got some basically you're laying down tracks of experience that you layer upon and layer upon and layer upon like a little sapling with tree rings, you know, it layers out and out and out and out to turn into a solid oak tree. It's got that foundation and it started growing from the inside out. It, it didn't just appear. Boom. Totally. Do you agree with the experience that it is, um, or rather the notion that it uh, feels the hardest at first? Those, that first year where you're getting smashed every time you go out into the ocean or, or you're getting just destroyed every time you set up on the jiu-jitsu mat or you wake up sore or you know, you're just getting your business built. You're not making any sales. Like I feel like I've had this experience over and over where after I get going a little bit, it's hard to remember how hard it was at first. Absolutely. You become complacent and, and oblivious to it, which is why for me, taking up surfing a couple of years ago was really helpful for me to be able to relate better to my students. So I've just surveyed my audience and I found out some interesting things. One of them is that around 30% of them are yet to make $10,000 a year. Wow. That... To me, that's, it's a frightening number, but I've seen a lot of other communities where 80% of them have not made 10 grand a year. So to put it in perspective, 70% of my audience have made more than 10 grand a year. In fact, 40% of them have made more than $100,000 a year. Oh, that's incredible. You know, half my community almost is quite successful compared to the average but I've got to be able to put myself back in the, that shoes. Like you, you and I, we can make 10 grand before lunchtime. And we're probably fairly numb to that sort of number. And we've taken it, it, it you know, it's sort of interesting where, where it, the numbers, it kind of, kind of reminds me of playing poker where like the numbers uh, don't have the effect on you that they once had. However, we've put in a decade each, you know, at this <laughs> to create that ability. Uh, Plus, we help, we also help each other. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you were just giving me some coaching uh, before we even started this podcast. So I thought was great advice. And sort of the gist of it was, well, I, w- I don't actually want to get into it. Do you know you're going to make $30,000 today? Uh, probably. Um, well, actually, more, actually, uh, for sure. Uh, well, I mean, make in, in, you know, revenue and profit is, is uh, you know. Right. But I mean, even just on a revenue basis, yes. you'll make three times more than 30% of my audience make in a year in just one day it's amazing and it it just it it seems that is how i'm feeling on the last four days watching guys paddle into and ride the most epic 25 foot barrel they just make it look easy I'm, right it's like yeah i'm watching yes because they have the foundation they have that mastery like we talked about in the previous episode they've put in the work it would be unreasonable for me to expect to get that reward without putting in the work and the effort and and the the time in there is no substitute so even when you hear hear guys like banging on about uh discipline it's absolutely true you you do need the discipline you just don't need to demean people or swear at them to make your point 
Well, you know, I don't want us to go the route of some of the other educators in our space who are saying work till you bleed because I don't actually think that's the great way to build a foundation. I don't. I think you don't need – No, just, you only need consistency. Just be realistic. Consistency does it. Do the right things. Like take a shorter path but just be aware that you will have to do some of the things. Just try and do the right things and you know, minimize your mistakes by watching – other people are getting good advice from people. You've got a great little uh, couple of bullets here on how you go about laying a solid foundation in business. And I want to hear your, your thoughts on that. Right. So in a solid foundation in business, is you, you need your core customers. It basically starts and ends with that. If you can find your market. Who are you serving? Yeah, exactly. Like who who has a problem you can solve? That's it. Who's got a problem you can solve, who you can get access to and and have them see that you are the solution provider and then provide it. You don't even need that many customers. And once you have your core customers, they, they can stick with you for a long time if you set your business model up correctly. Like I imagine you sell products that, that help mature women feel better about themselves. I imagine they'll continue to consume those products if they keep feeling better about themselves and and uh, if it's good for them, thirty percent reorder rate, baby. Like if you if if you keep growing kale, I imagine your little buddy's going to keep eating it. Oh, freaking guy! Well, we now have sprayed the, all of our plants with neem oil. We got little bells that we got going. Just give him, just feed him, and make it a project. Just give him the love. I got. I bought a paintball gun yesterday, and and you can buy your stuff down at the farmers market. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Carrie's pissed, man. This guy. He's, he's a, the love. He's just he's just doing his thing. He's got the. I watched a video yesterday about how to skin a groundhog because I thought to myself, if it comes, I did. If it comes to the point where not, I have to kill this thing, not, I just hear me out. Hear me out, all the vegetarians. Hold off for a second. If it comes to the point where we get into this this kind of a a, a class, this is a classic disagreement. I don't want him to eat my flowers. He wants me. He wants to eat my flowers, and so we're sort of at odds here. And. If it gets to the point where I cannot deter him, I I will consider killing the killing it, you know. And if I do that, I am going to make sure that I make use of the animal. I'm going to get the meat. I'm going to bring it to the butcher. I'm going to skin it. I'm going to make shoes out of it. I don't know. I just uh, it's very heavy to consider killing this thing. Although I'm a meat eater, right? I eat chicken. I eat beef. Like I eat meat now. And so, so they're not protected or anything. No, they're not protected. They're fine. I mean, you, 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 so next time I see you at your, at your event in August, you'll be up there with the flashy suit. <laughs> Because you never had to wear one in a job. Groundhog slippers. You think they're cool. And no socks and groundhog suede shoes. Oh, my God. Well, here's the thing. I actually did the research and because uh, if you relocate them, they usually die because they don't have a home where you relocate them to. So just relocating him is not um, a good strategy. He's going to die anyways. So I don't know. I'm a conflicted over. Well, he's not going to die of cancer because you're giving him all these nice alkalizers. Yeah. Well, first I'm going to shoot him with paintballs, and hopefully that will deter him. Uh, we've already sort of, I think, secured the perimeter of the garden. Ate right through our fence. Ate the chicken wire. Just ate right through it. He's got these big old teeth. Oh, no, man. So I- I've got an interesting point of view on this, which is that what does it take to create a solid foundation for communication because my experience has been that if you can get very good at communication, it becomes much easier to do a lot of things like have successful relationships and uh, manage a team, which is something you're going to want to do as a business owner. And a team starts with one other person. And so it's sort of communication is at the beginning, at the foundation of everything for me. And so that really starts with 
how honest you're willing to be with yourself about what's going on around you and how you actually feel about stuff and communicating that and how honest you're willing to be with your um, sort of – and this is something I've learned a, a good bit about from you, James. You're very honest with people. You don't baby them. You don't sugarcoat things and that actually has you be less popular than you could be but it has the people around you really, really trust you. Well, apparently, you know, from a – foundation point of view popularity mustn't be high up there <laughs> you know what my dna said it was kind of funny it said i've got this gene where i may be just a fraction less sensitive than other people yeah i think that's probably it's, true they said it's not autistic levels it's not adhd levels but i'm just a little more immune to super sensitivity i think that you were much less emotionally open before we became friends i think it's one of the great things i've done for you yeah, that's right. I think you can. I think you can add software yes. to your hardware, but knowing what you've got to start with, I think you know. In retrospect, that's the sort of stuff that helped me be a really good debt collector and sell for a living, where most people just can't handle the constant rejection of a no, and also to be a general manager running this high pressure cooker of a dealership, you know, dealing with these this uh, constant hiring and firing and and uh, relationships with the manufacturer. It was such a tough boys club, uh, just full of horrid bullying. That sounds tactics. terrible. Jesus. It was. And, uh, you know, I, maybe I was able to deal with it better because of, you know, my genetic makeup. Yeah. Uh, but definitely I'm, I'm uh, much more sensitive now. Oh, my God. Well, I, you know, when, when, more when it comes to taking on any new endeavor or any endeavors that you are currently taking on, having a solid foundation is – the start of it all and making sure that, that foundation stays solid. And that comes down to being consistent with whatever you're doing and being honest with yourself about where you're at. If you're telling yourself you're a black belt at jujitsu or you're a blue belt at jujitsu when you're a white belt, that's not going to help you or anyone else. It's not going to help you get where you want to go. Yeah, so being real about it. And uh, I think it, as you navigate through business, communication, as you said, is going to be a huge asset because marketing – is about communicating. Mark, think about you. I remember a story. You came, let me just interrupt you. You came to an event that I was speaking at. I won't mention which event it was. It was, uh, it was overseas. And at the bar the night before, you communicated your way to getting a speaking slot. I'd never seen anything like it. This guy shows up at one of the most prestigious events of the industry. And the night before, he's not, not, not on the docket to be a speaker. Somehow or another, gets himself a speaker slot. It was crazy. I've done it three times. I could probably put a whole ebook e on that one. You really should. I mean, that's a good skill set. How to get a speaking gig at the events. <laughs> I mean, it was good. I've done it three times already. Proven method. That's the sort of insights that I give the, the high-level stuff. But yeah, communication, that's marketing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, make a pitch for Silver Circle right now. That's finding your audience and, and being able to communicate your offer. So I think your foundations that you want to work on are true customer audience, like really knowing your audience, a foundation of marketing, being a good communicator, a foundation of having an offer that is sustainable and a foundation of being able to deliver on your promise and then a foundation of refinement. If those, if that was the core vehicle that you take into the market, it doesn't matter whether you're selling jars of beeswax or uh, information on how people can be more profitable, it's going to be a good foundation for you to work off. I love it. 
So our weekly willpower wager, and we will roll Carol. Weekly willpower wager. Thank you, Carol. Uh, is, you know, what infrastructure do you have that needs a little shoring up? What foundation do you have for something? And maybe it's your health, the foundation of your physicality. Maybe it's the foundation of your relationship to your team. Maybe it's the foundation of your marketing practices and your consistency with which you're doing marketing. But something could use a little more attention, could use a little more consistent attention. And we want you to just take a look at one thing and for a week, put some attention on that. So for me, that is a, uh, um, my, it's, it's, it's a dietary thing, right? I'm experiencing the um, side effects of having too much sugar in my diet. And so that's something I need to t- take, take some time, put some attention on. I've been doing that over the last week and I'm really seeing great results with just a li- 15 minutes a day of attention it takes me to make this modification and it's really paying off. So do the same for yourself. News and updates, super fast business, March of 2017. What's going on for that? Uh, so, you know, venue booked, dates locked in. There's a, a page up uh, at the moment with the dates and it's at superfastbusiness.com forward slash live. Tickets will be on sale in July 2016. So if right. you listen to this well in the future. Which hopefully you are. Go and look at the re- recordings. Uh, if the event's already been run, they're inside Superfast Business Membership. But if you haven't, make sure you come to this event. It's a really good one. And uh, we also, Ezra, I have one spot left on my Maldives mastermind. This, this is pretty good. Did someone like bail out or something? Somebody uh, has – they're moving from Bali back to Australia on the exact same dates. So uh-huh. I, I get it. I understand why that, that would be an inconvenience. So this is a week on the boat with me. Talk about business, life, whatever. Have a snorkel, do some surfing and you could just send me an email. Reply back to your Think Act Get email or, or – uh, Go to superfasthelp.com and say you're interested and we'll let you know if there's still a spot there. But it's, you know, like a lot of people charge 10 or 20 grand for these mastermind on a boat type things. And this is all meals, accommodation, done. You walk on, walk off. It's a fantastic trip. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. You're doing it just because you want to go surfing for a week and you figured, man, <laughs> you know, I could put on a business trip at the same time. Well, that's... I went last year on someone else's mastermind and it was really good. I made lifelong friends with the people on the boat. I've been surfing with some of the guys I met. I'm having dinner tonight with one of the guys I met and he's a young guy doing a a startup and we chat. Uh, Another guy I met on on that boat is a lawyer and we go surfing and we talk about patent law and trademarks. I've made some fantastic connections and I, I liked it so much I just said to the boat owner, I'd like to hire the boat for next year and they sent me the paperwork and I've paid the the money and I've just sold the, the spots. I'm not looking to make a profit out of this. I'm just looking to cover costs but I really know that, that you can't spend a week on a boat without bonding with someone. You know, look how much we bonded in just a few days in our own Hawaii mastermind retreat and have a look at the impact of me surfing once. Yeah, yeah, it altered the course of your life. I mean, really. Two and a half years ago. It's changed the rest of my life. It's changed the next 50 years of my life uh, based on that one trip. So you only need to get one thing or one relationship and it can change your future. Amazing. Well, I've got uh, Smart Marketer e-commerce all-stars live event coming up August 4th and 5th of 2016. You know, 
we people have been asking. They, uh, my community has been essentially beating down the door saying, you know, give us a place where we can all hang out. And I'm very excited about this event. You will be there. Uh, so that's cool. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. And Greg will be there. Yeah, Greg's coming and, and we've got a live stream. So we're sold out of tickets. Uh, we we we, uh, we maxed out. We thought we would only have 150 spaces in the room. We negotiated a room next door. So now we have two rooms and we'll have 200 people total in the room. And we've got a bunch of folks on the live stream. So if you uh, are listening to this after it's already over, you can catch that in my uh, e-commerce community at smartmarketer.com. And, uh, you know, something interesting has happened where we at Smart Marketer have kind of realized that we're quite good at something. And that thing that we're quite good at is developing software applications and themes and tools for e-commerce business owners. So we created a, um, a second company called Zipify.com, and we have software applications specifically for Shopify store owners. And our first one launched two months ago. We just relaunched it last month. We have 300 members in it right now, which is fantastic. We've got another application, which is uh, coming out in about a month and a half that we're very excited about. That's Zipify.com, Z-I-P-I-F-Y. Check us out. I'm super excited about that business. Yeah, it's good to see you with these things. I mean, you're doing so much work with your own site. You see the stats and you, you've got such a strong relationship with the commerce stores. You know where the gaps are. It makes sense that you're creating solutions. It's very clever. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, I, I'd like to say it was a, a big, um, you know, master plan. It just kind of happened. I mean, maybe it was a big master plan. I don't know. But that's the thing. It's it's because your foundation's strong, then you're able to you know to build on top of that and see the obvious. Yeah, and I really have to credit you with all of this because the truth of the matter is, my team has grown from like four people to forty since the time I met you. I mean, I was a I was a three person in house shop with a bunch of outsourcers. Plus, you the other thing is you're kind of randomized with your stuff. You had everything from a logo company. Like sound logo, you did. Yeah. Oh my God. We had. A, we, well, we also we did jingles. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you did jingles. You oh did, my God. Oh my God. You, let's, you, we, you, let's not go there. Let's let's just let's keep moving. <laughs> yeah, keep moving. Comments. No, but I, what I'm saying at the point here is it's great to see you have uh, modular products and services that lock together. Yeah, absolutely. That, that makes one person can come into your e-commerce education. And they'll also be interested in the software for the e-commerce. It just makes sense. And that's been that's kind of what's been happening is we've been having information. People buy our information are now buying our software. But we had this experience now where people who have never bought information from us came in and bought our software and are now buying our information, which is blowing our minds. So we've kind of it's, – it's it's very exciting. Cool. How are we going for, for comments? Uh, okay. So comments. Dean Allen, uh, he's of the Book Pals um, – uh, group. I think that's his business, BookPals, right? BookPals.com. Dean Allen's a great guy. We've both been on his show. Uh, he says, hi, James and Ezra. Uh, he gave this comment on mistakes. He said, this episode could not have come at a better time. James's comments about the five whys could very well have saved a project that I'm working on from going south very quickly. Your episode had such an impact on this project that I just finished a blog post about it on my personal blog. Thank you guys so much. Super fantastic. Well, thank you, Dean. And we're happy that it had an impact on you. I mean, that's why we do these shows. It's the whole reason we're doing this. This is uh, because we find this stuff fascinating. We love this stuff. And we want to know how it impacts you and what you think about it. So leave us a comment on our blog, thinkactget.com. Go to iTunes. Even better for us, if you go to iTunes, leave us a review uh, in the iTunes marketplace 
place, right from your phone or from your uh, laptop. And tell us what you think. Tell us your experience. You know, send in a voicemail, send in a video, whatever you want. We want to hear from you. Yeah, and um, share the episode with someone who hasn't found it yet. That'd be cool. Think about it. Here's a quote. It's not the beauty of a building you should look at. It's the construction of the foundation that will stand the test of time. David Allen Coe. Well, I mean, look at look at the, the the buildings that are still around from, let's say, the Egyptian era. You know, like the, the, the like the buildings that we're putting up today in New York are going to be gone in a couple hundred years. I mean, there's sheetrock. There was a there was a there was a storm the other day, and literally the facade of a building blew off. That's how poorly it was built, you know. So. I think that says something, that it's really not about what it looks like. It's about what's under there. Well, I remember reading through my great-grandfather's diaries, and he went to Japan, and he made a note about um, there's some Japanese proverb about, you know, all flowers or even a weed, you can trace it back to the roots. I love that. So, basically, you, you might be looking at what you think you're looking at. It might be a flower or a weed, but if, if you want to go a bit deeper – you know, go under the ground, there will be a root system and it'll extend further. So maybe we're always looking at the veneer or the surface. You know what a veneer is? Like that fake, it's like the, mm. the just the outer layer, yes. like even the desk. Yes. Most people's desks that they're, they're at right now, or wherever they're listening to this, probably got a veneer on top and it might just be compressed chipboard underneath. Like go a bit deeper, investigate. It's like we're finding out about history by digging deeper into the ground and finding a little the tools we used to use and stuff yeah well like they just discovered that those giant heads at uh what are those things called easter island actually go down like like have whole bodies attached to them. it's like how nobody ever thought to dig down and check if these things were bigger than what was actually sticking out of the ground kind of blows my mind but they, well, and they found uh, some they found some very advanced tools in the outback of australia that that show that the aboriginals our original people of this land had a lot more advanced technology than what they thought like 38,000 years ago. Wow. Wow. It's wild. My quote says discontent, blaming, complaining, and self-pity cannot serve as a foundation for a good future, no matter how much effort you make. Eckhart Tolle. So basically what he's saying is like, if you're just being a bum and you're unhappy all the time, you're blaming other people and you're complaining and you're feeling sorry for yourself, it doesn't matter how hard you work. You're going to get nowhere. And I really um, am a strong sort of uh, – I'm strongly in the camp of personal responsibility and that like you are responsible for the world that you have. Now, of course, there are outside factors, where you're from, where you're born, the political environment of your – like, there's all these outside factors. I'm not saying that you have control over that, but I am saying that you get to choose – kind of what you create in your world. And I really resonate. I like this quote a lot. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a keeper. Well done. Thanks, man. No Jennifer Aniston, no Justin Bieber this time. Let's get serious around here. <laughs> this is a great Jennifer Aniston. That's, it's a, that is funny. That was classic. I mean, that, that it's kind of relevant. Like if you look at the, the crazy run that uh, – Donald Trump's been having in your political oh, campaign. Oh my god! I don't want to get into politics. You start getting into politics, it pisses people off. But if you look at the foundations of that, uh, it is a uh, it's fascinating, crazy that a lot of yeah. the people who yeah. get a lot of airtime of, of you know they're sort of celebrities, and people maybe go back, go back from the head of the weed and look at the roots and see you know there's some you know is he actually got the money he says he is or whatever and. How, what is his history like on things that 
does he actually even have any policy? If you go back and dig a little deeper, it comes up pretty ugly. Yeah, well, I just feel like this position of president may not actually be the most effective position. There's no way one person can manage everything that is happening in a country. So I feel like maybe we should have a board or something instead of just like one person. I don't know. We, we shouldn't get into that whole thing right now. Uh, it's a little too heavy for, for, for this episode. But maybe we do need to talk about politics at some point and just piss everyone off. Well, we still, still haven't done religion either. Oh, my God. I know. And, and yeah, those are... Yeah, you want to... You want to talk foundation, like a lot of people place their entire existence based on, you know, one core belief or one foundational idea or book, and that dictates the entire way they live their life, you know, and that... So some people, and some people have, you know, I think, I, I think there's a lot of people that aren't, like, who, who, who practice religion, yeah. Well, I only yeah. said some, I didn't That's say fair. everyone. <laughs> yeah, religions is interesting, really, really interesting uh, belief systems and how they affect you know the way that we be in the world and how they affect who we re- end up relating with and the ideas we get from the people around us. It's so so interesting. Uh, we have this inherent foundation built in from where we're from and who we uh, were influenced by. And so foundation, an underlying basis or principles for something, what is it, how are you using it, and how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we've been looking at in this episode of Think, Act, Get. Think, Act, Get is about mindset, behavior, and results. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. And our focus with this show is to improve your life and business, and everything is directed towards you our listener, we appreciate you taking some time to hang out with us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode on Foundation. James Schramko, Ezra Firestone, thank you so and much. And our good friend, <laughs> the uh, your little the groundhog, groundhog, Phil. The groundhog, groundhog, uh, kale thief. Oh my God, this guy. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free.